first masters or whatever it always has to be like a play on that because then think about the merchandise you can do off of that that is true What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of the Masters of Sport, where we're going to be discussing all things strength and conditioning and going into a little bit of our uh, trending topics. And I am here with my co-host, Earl Kunkel. Earl. Hello. <laughs> Earl is the co-author of Parabolic Periodization, um, and he was one of the key people behind writing that entire book. Why don't Thank you share... You. share Share that experience with everybody. That experience? What that, what that so like. I came down to the gym at Garage Strength. Well, let me preface this with, I trained with Dane in my fourth decade of existence. Like I started doing CrossFit. I was like, I want to lift weights. I need to be stronger. I saw all the young kids here that could lift that are now seniors and like just beasts. Yeah. But they were kids then. And I was like, well, if they're that strong and they were stronger than me then, they're stronger than me now still. But anyway, <laughs> started lifting as, basically as a master's athlete and hit like lifetime numbers I never thought I could hit when I was like actually athletic at you had points the in my life. Snatch American record at like 126, right? I hit 126 as a master's, but it wasn't, the weight class was 94 kilos then. It wasn't 96 yet. When I actually hit the record, it was 123. Oh, okay. I didn't hit as much, but so I... So we should be introducing you as an American record, former American record holder. Yeah, that got... Smashed by Bonnick. Smashed, Bo but yeah. Bonnick won and competed, and they were like, well, he's this old. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> yeah, and anyway, I would meet with you yeah. for a summer, like multiple times in the week for hours while the lifters lifted but i already had a background knowledge of the training because i was part it. of it i was in it and i would just sit there and ask questions why are we doing this why is that going on and basically like just laser focused in on like i, I know this works i know and i have a good inkling why it works because I, I was dealing with you for years mm -hmm. asking about it and just that it was like well i'm writing it down and then what the end of the one the one summer like later on you're like can you type that up yeah. So, so I typed up all my notes I took, and we ended up with, like, a lot of words. Yeah, a ton. A ton. And it was just, like, from there then it was like, hey, we have something here. Let's do something with right. it. And that's what it came up. That's, that's, that's parabolic what, yeah. in, like, at least my role in parabolic. <clears throat> yeah, I think that was just, I mean, I think that's a good description. I think even, too, to further that, we've sort of taken that this past year not as much just because I was traveling so much. Right, right. But the prior year, like like last year, working through a couple of various books that we yeah. that we liked and and using them, and then trying to figure out how we could implement that into training and um, and for me, I think you've become like a sounding board of ideas. And I, I think what's unique is that I would say I have probably a handful, like ten people, I talk to about training regularly. Um, and you're actually one of them. And the the funny <laughs> the funny part is that no one knows who you are. No, no. no other coaches know who you are, and they don't know the roller. And I'll talk about you in the conversation, and it's like, wait, what's what's the deal here? Yeah, who who is he? What yeah, does he have? Right. It's like like this low key underground, but underground's like who I am too. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. know that based yeah. off like my interests. Like I do like I don't want to say it. Like I would I had a basement punk rock 
venue in my in my own yeah, basement, literally, right? Like, and have sh- would have shows. Like, I've right. like that's just who I am. Like, I don't I don't want to say I don't need the attention, but like I just I do what I do and how I do it, and it's all right. Like, I can always understand my own worth in a situation, right? Or like how it is, and like that's one thing that no one knows about this gym is you come in and you say you want to do something, no one ever tells you you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that's like one of the secret sauce things. Too. I I actually you know. Instead of you, we, we were going to talk about Joel Seedman, but before, instead of doing that, I want to get into the anterior sequence. Oh, yeah? yeah yes, <laughs> but what you just said, someone texted me because they watched a clean progression that I did with Ryan McDonald. And okay. They, and they were like, how is this kid cleaning 240 pounds? <laughs> he's in eighth grade and he looks like he's a beanpole. And I think that my response was basically like, dude, he just works hard. He listens. He, he does his work and, and he's, he pays attention to technique. Yeah. And I think that statement is so key is that no one has ever told him he can't. Right, he right. He can't do it. You know, I've always thought like, I don't, I've never given him, I've never told him he could do it. Yeah. I've always just said, this is what we can do, and he's just done it. Yeah, and, and, and you're constantly celebrated. It, like, I don't want to say it, like, oh, you can show up here, you can hit a PR at 72 kilos, and they will celebrate, like, one of the senior athletes just hit, like, a 143 yeah, PR. Like, yeah. you don't, un- like, that's one of the things here, like, that's why it's so, boom. And then everyone roots for everyone. Like, you go and take an attempt, like, everyone shuts up and they look at you and, like, you just get the laser focus. And, like, I don't, you can't explain that to, like, you you feel that and you know that, but, like, you can't get that unless you're here. Right, right. I think that's, that's, a, that's a big factor. So. No, it's a little off topic. But. I know. Anterior sequence. Yeah. I want to talk about this, and, and it's actually something that you sort of brought to light. Like, why is everybody so focused on the posterior chain? Yeah. And why is that such, um, such, an, aspect, <clears throat> such yeah. an aspect in training of like, oh, we've got to hit the posterior chain. And you've actually brought this up to me. So Earl coined the term, the anterior sequence, um, essentially... I guess, why don't you explain yeah. how you see it? So, when... it came about, right, posterior chain. It's like, why don't they have something that in the front that mirrors that? Why has that never happened? Right. Like, are you really telling me, all these fancy scientists, we only coordinate the muscles in the back of our body? Right, right. And there's nothing to, like, illustrate that in the front of the body. Right. But, like, it has to go on, doesn't it? Right. Like... My quads yes, are helping me run, but aren't my abs helping my legs pick up too? Right, like, right. and then why do my, like why sometimes when I'm like I curl, like I hold something like this, why do my pecs light up too? Right. Why isn't it just my biceps? Like I'm doing an isolation movement. What's going on here? But how is that all like saying, hey, we work together, let's be strong? Right, right. I think I think so. Going off of that, I think a lot of people are are always focused on. It, that's like the dominant area, right? And so we've always done, and I, I honestly think this is accurate, is that we've always done tons of bench presses. So historically, strength training has been like, you do bench press, uh, you do deadlifts or, or whatever, 
Um, but for your upper body, everybody was always doing bench. Everybody was always doing biceps. Like, literally, that's, like, the standard of bodybuilding. Yeah. Like, that's, like, a stereotype. I know it's a total stereotype, and it's not overly accurate. But so I think everybody took that, and we all want to play the game of um, sort of being uh, contrarian, right? And I think that, I mean, we're being contrarian by bringing up the yeah, yeah, yeah. anterior <laughs> sequence. And I think that that's where, and that's what I wanted to relate this back to Joel Seedman because a lot of what he does is totally contrarian based off of fitness and based off of uh, strength, so strength and conditioning. So here's my, like, fitness community call me out. I don't really know who this guy is. Like, I, don't, I haven't seen... He's known as, like, the social <laughs> media strength charlatan. Like, okay. He, a lot of people call yeah. him out and say he lies about things. He does really weird exercises. Some exercises that we've stolen. Okay. Um, some exercises that we actually did before he would ever post about them. But they're just, like, weird half range of motion, pause. Wait, so this is the guy. I think re I saw, like, I was, like, going through my search or something, and a video came up with, like, someone doing, like, maybe a quarter squat and just, like, hanging out there and there was like i don't know 315 405 something like that just sitting on the back and i'm like what are you doing i was like is this like is yes. this comedy or like i wasn't sure i was no, like no, that's it okay well what does that does it like all right like how about i ask this because i always think when you said charlatan this one thing always comes to mind we're always taught to be scared of the witches yeah. when we should have been taught to be scared of the people burning the witches. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate, too. <laughs> all right. So when okay, you, when so you say, so, it's like, all right, well, let's think about this a little bit. So to be fair to him, I would not call him a charlatan. I would call, um, I think it's more about, like, being educated on social media and recognizing, recognizing what's going on. And we okay. have to remember that Probably the people who coined that were probably older. Gotcha. People who are like 15 to 30, to me, can smell bullshit on the internet really well. Right, right. Like, it's, it's, like they can sense it. <laughs> and, and like, what's sad is that professional athletes can't. So they've been flocking to this guy because okay. he has these one-off exercises that are, you know, hold the isometric, and he'll say it's better for joint integrity um, it's better for stabilization. It's better for all these things, and you should never squat past 90. Um, so he gets a lot of attention because he's contrarian. Right, And I right. think that's where we're going, you know, to sort of circle back, uh, not to leave Joel Seaman too quickly, but yeah. to circle back to the anterior sequence is that I think that's where the posterior chain came into play, is okay. that everything went from... You know, get on the leg press. You bu you bunch out. You bust out a whole bunch of you know leg leg presses. You do your benches. You do your curls, and then that's it. And so it became well. We're not focusing on how the hamstrings coordinate with right. the glutes and with the lower back. And the glutes are the biggest muscle on the body. They're most powerful. We need to train them more. We need to train the hamstrings more because they're so fast twitch. And that's where, and how that fed into lower back pain, which is also prevalent in the world. And so that's going to be a big moneymaker is dealing with lower back pain. So let's come up with a cool name, posterior chain. Gotcha. But, like, the posterior chain, right? That stuff all does make sense, though, still, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Now the, now the back pain is, like, stretch your hamstrings and maybe it will help a little bit. Or work your piriformis or yeah. do pigeon pose or depending on what the right. issue is. But no offense, like, I don't think when we come up with the idea of anterior sequence, like, that's not really that 
contrarian. Like, it's just saying, hey, this is a thing that does exist, but no one's named it yet. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's accurate. I think, I think it comes down to having a a discussion or having a term that that you can discuss for your shoulders, like your delts, especially your anterior delts, and your pecs, and how they might coordinate together, even with your even with your triceps. So you talk about that. You posted a video of one of your like masters athletes. Yeah bench press and I saw recently like uh, it might have just been in the story okay and their legs start kicking all over the place as yeah. they're pressing up yeah but they hit the lift like isn't that a breakdown yeah in that interior sequence then that that's happening I would if their legs are moving I would actually say it would be slightly more slightly more posterior as far as cementing a foundation on the bench okay and then anterior poor recruitment from, you know, uh, depending upon where it happens. Because you'll see guys, like, as they get past, like, mid-range, they might start flailing because their triceps aren't kicking in and their triceps aren't kicking in with coordinating with their pec. Okay. So that's where it's, like, it's a little bit of both. And gotcha. I think that's the whole goal is, like, you can figure out in the anterior sequence where it's happening and the stability from a poor coordinated posterior chain then leads to um, an inept anterior right. sequence. So if we're talking about At a certain like point. that ineptitude, that coordination, yeah. like so I think about it this way. If I have one muscle, it could be really strong, like super strong. But if I have eight muscles and they're just kind of strong, I, th I feel like if it was a fight, those eight muscles are going to take out that one. Yeah. So, like, how do we then train the body, I guess, coordinate would be the word, right? Yeah. Those eight muscles together to, like, make things happen. You get what I'm saying? With yeah, the, like, I, th I think, I mean, so if we're talking about an anterior sequence point of view, like, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about, like, okay, my pecs can be extremely strong, but if my push, if it's just super strong pecs and weak deltoids and, and weak uh, triceps, like, then it's not going to be that strong than if I coordinate them all together with the yeah. same rate. Um, and I think that's where it's like the, the going back to the, the Joel Seedman discussion. I know we're really circling around this. It's <laughs> like, dude, there's a point, there's a point of diminishing returns with, with absolute strength. But that point is way freaking higher than people realize. People think okay. that um, we've gone through, you know, we've had the functional fitness fad for a while where everything was functional, but we're still coming out of that and we're, we're, where people are like, oh, you don't want to, you don't need to get too strong. You don't have to get too strong. And we're talking about even in like combat sports or, or even in, in uh, strength sports, even in sports like football where they'll say, well, you don't really need to be, you know, you don't need to have a bench over 405 or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, no, do you realize how e it's not that strong? Like, yeah. And so, you know, to, to play off of that, um, we, we suffer and we don't train absolute strength because we're scared that it's going to do all these things. But in reality, if we train absolute strength with other aspects like plyometric work, uh, technical coordination lifts, um, with um, reflexive work, 
Yeah. Now I look at it as if I'm building this extremely strong um, muscular sequence. You know, okay, yeah. And I'm looking at it from, let me use this analogy. This is going to be a long one. All right. <laughs> if I'm a shot putter and I throw a 20 pound shot, it slows down the movement. But right. It makes it easier for me to coordinate and learn what that movement is. So that makes me think of like slowing things down. You ever play like Mario Kart? I know, I know video games Maybe. are your thing. Maybe. All right, so Mario Kart has like 50cc, yeah. 100cc, 150cc, and I think there's even like a 200cc now. Okay. So my young son, like yeah. six years old, plays 50cc. Okay. Because when it starts it getting goes, too fast, yeah, yeah, he it, can't control at the, the same rate. At the same rate. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, total like, sense. Just, okay, so so okay. So think about a shot putter throws a twenty pound shot. That's f that's four pounds over the competition weight. That's fifty cc. Okay. Now the power is different, but it's operating at a slower at a slower pace, so it forces the athlete to feel positions easier. Okay. And then they can feel that position easier. So then when it gets faster, they can then transfer it gotcha. at a higher speed. So the absolute strength, and where I'm going with this, is the absolute strength that we learn in the weight room is 50cc. So you're building this, this slower, in, in a slower pathway, because it's easier for our body to learn things slower. That's why isometrics pay off. That's why eccentric pay off. Right. And it's slower. But then the downfall becomes, as a coach, you have to apply things at very high speeds in, in sports. Yeah. So everybody thinks that if you just move things really fast all the time, we'll be fine. But that's not the case. If we learn how to train from that 50cc perspective yeah. at a very slow pace, then when we go at that high-end pace, we can unite it and, and bring it together. So it's training your body. Your body is, is extremely bright and extremely smart but it's training your brain to feel those that speed. So that's where, going back to our bench and our okay. comparison, is that if we want our pecs and our deltoids and our triceps to all fire properly, a bench press is really good. It's teaching it in a slow pattern on how to actually do that. Now, if I'm a shot putter or if I'm a wrestler and I do it at a fast pace, I have to learn that, but I'm going to learn that through, you know, that base foundation of absolute strength right. and then slowly apply in the, the other more technical so stuff. It's neat that we're like talking about speed. Do you ever like consider speed as a form of intensity? And as so a slowdown maybe could be I don't know if that would be more intensity or less because in one breath you're going heavier, right? It's yeah, like 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it feels more intense, but yeah. is it actually less intense because the speed diminishes? That's a good question. That's a really good question because I think, I think I typically would look at it because it's harder to throw the 20. Dude, like you throw the 20 for a while as a shot putter. Or if you're a wrestler, let's say you're a similar situation would be for a wrestler wrestling guys that are two weight classes heavier. Okay. Um, another situation could be um, swimmers using paddles on their hands. So they can actually swim faster, okay. but it's a slower stroke because there's more surface area. Uh, so, so think about that comparison 
on those various sports, right? So basing, going back to speed as an intensity, um, I would say yes, but not the way I value intensity in the weight room as far as um, like total tonnage. And, okay. You know, I would say yes, because it can be extremely fatiguing. Um, but I don't factor that into training currently. Right. I could think about it. And I mean, obviously, I probably should think. You about know it. what makes me think about it too? Like, if if we talk about like sprinters, yeah, that makes like you think about that right away. Like, yeah. how fast are you running it? Like, you know, I don't know how fast Usain Bolt's fast. Let's just right. say he's like fast. Twenty four, twenty five miles an hour. I don't know the specific number he hits, but say like he, he runs at like eighty percent, he's still running super right. fast. Uh, but it's that pullback on it. Yeah, like, and I think that's where. I mean, th- think about that. The 20-pound shot scenario would be for a sprinter. It would be maybe not. Uh, you could run with sleds. Sleds, when they fir- when we first, people started using them a lot, people were really concerned about mechanics because it can have a negative impact on mechanics. But really, it's not a huge detriment. Um, but that scenario would be using sleds, using bungees, using, like, bungees as in, like, they're actually yeah, holding yeah. them back. Um now, when they release a bungee, it could overtrain, overspeed a little bit. Running a hill is another okay. possible area. I think that's where it's like the background, right? So, like, my background is, is more so in strength and power sports. Uh, and I do train a lot of speed work. Right, right. But I don't see it the same way that possibly a sprint coach who would be working with shot putters would see it. Right. So... You know, for Usain Bolt, or you know, if we're talking about, you know, Andre de Grasse now, um, that's that who just won the 200 in the Olympics. So it's like I don't have cable. I, I have no <laughs> idea what's going. Like <laughs> I, I don't have it. I've been doing like streaming services for like almost a decade now. Like. So, but if we think about someone like de Grasse, um, you know, Fred Curley's another guy that's a. a a beast right now. Now he's a little bit bigger, but these, you know, measuring that intensity, I think for sure that's what those guys will be doing in their training. It's just I'm not from that background, so I don't right. do that. I was just thinking about that though, like talking about the speed and intensity that way. I don't know. But why. I, I think to go all the way back to the the sequencing with the with the upper body, it's like if we can if we can find as coaches. Each athlete and each sport, specific to that sport, specific to that athlete, there's a point of diminishing returns. And it's insanely, it's much higher than we believe. And then on, along those lines, you know, you're here. So at the gym here, we're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Sort of, right. in, you know, we, don't, we don't have access to super, super coordinated people, right? We're not, not everybody that walks in the gym is Sam Mattis. Right, right. Just gets eighth at the Olympics, or you know, or Usain Bolt. We don't have access to, you know, we're not in Atlanta like Joel Seaman, where we have just freaks that can come in the door. We've got to make the run of the mill kid as athletic as possible, and that's where to get the best transfer of training. It's got to start there to improve the sequential firing and coordination that we're looking for to make sure that. A strike or a a throw or or a press of some sort 
recruits and then, effectively to go back to your situation where you said, if I have eight muscles versus one, right? how do I train that? And it's that's like, also where bodybuilding concepts come into play. They yeah. work. They do. They work. Make your joints feel better too. Yeah, and you just feel big. Yeah, <laughs> gives you a little mental pump, right? Yeah. Like, like, look at me. Right. Feel good. Feel good. I don't know. Believe look, good. Yeah. What it, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had. I'm, that's like. What was I saying to you? Like, you need that. Someone needs to make that meme of like married and or single and and married yeah, yeah. with you from your two different. Even well, though it's like the heavy. opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The meme with that. I All right, I have another question. So we're talking shot, right? Yeah. Anterior sequence. Yep. So, and we're talking like delt. Let's right? say deltoid pec. In this case, I think that's another area. You're gonna have the upper and the lower, so it's like, but they also will have the full thing. So in shot, okay. How, how do we get to like trunk and, our trunk yeah. down to our quad? Like, how is that now playing a role in that too? And like, I'm not so naive to say like. The anterior sequence works without the posterior doing something. Yeah, too. no, they all are centered. That would be saying like your posterior yeah. chain's doing everything, and the, the muscles in the front are dead. Right, you know right, what I mean. Right, right. Like, I I think that I I think that the way so if, if we're throwing a shot or if we're wrestling, right, um, there there's actions from a global perspective or a global movement where it's the whole body all at once that can improve the coordination between it. But if there's a leak from somebody because of the way they sit or because of their limb length or because of their genetics or because of sports that they played growing up that right. they no longer play, we have to find where is that leak at and do we need to do some isolation work? Do we need to do some ab absolute strength work? Do we need to do some bodybuilding work? And at the same time, train it all cohesively or do we just isolate it? Do we just focus on absolute strength and it takes three to six months to then get the body to actually learn how to coordinate? Because a lot of people might struggle with when you're throwing the shot, how can my hip extend from my posterior chain and how can my quads decelerate on my left side? Okay. So if I'm decelerating on the anterior sequence on the left side, but I'm accelerating from the anterior sequence and from the posterior chain on my right side, how do we get that to, to work together? That takes time, that takes skill. Those are all skills. So if that's a skill if my brakes essentially don't work as good as my gas pedal, you're screwed, yeah. Like how does that then negatively impact me? Like when I'm throwing the shot, what happens? Like no brakes trying to pump them. Do I just foul all the yeah, time? Yeah, you just blast right out the front. Okay. Or if you're you know, or if you're a wrestler, you get put in you know, think about when you watch really fast kids that when they're really young. They fall over a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, they struggle to they struggle to make a. They'll run if they're playing soccer, and somebody just cuts a little bit, and they just fall over because yeah. they can't cut. That's where their brakes oh, haven't caught up to their <laughs> gas pedal. So it's like, you know, and that might happen till they're till they hit puberty, really. Yeah. And then once they hit puberty, they start to figure that out because it's all a skill. So the point here is that when we're trying to coordinate all these things. There's a point of where we have to focus on the skill, but that point is later than we actually realize. Okay. And the absolute strength point can be carried a lot later than we actually think. I got you. But we can also do them at the same time. So if the absolute strength can be carried longer, like, why are people like, you're strong enough? Like, why... 
Or why be scared of that? I think why, why do people say to be scared of that? I think I think they say that because they see someone like a powerlifter who can, you know, deadlift, let's say a powerlifter can deadlift a thousand pounds for something crazy. I mean that's that's a huge deadlift. Let's just yeah. say they can deadlift eight hundred. They can back squat eight hundred and they can bench press six fifty, right? And they're like, Well, he's strong enough, but they, they see that and they're like they see that through the filter of a sport. But that person's sport is literally bench, dead, and squat. Right. So that filter is wrong. So you like, have to see it through, you I know, gotcha. Joe Kovacs can back squat 880 for a double or a triple, and he can, he can bench press uh, 700 pounds with a pad for two, and he can throw a shot 2290, you know, 75 feet. So, so it's, all, it's all like, is there really a point where you're too strong? Like... As long as you're doing the other things right. right, that they think you're just focusing on absolute strength. But when instead of just, just focusing on absolute strength, you can still focus a lot on it and build the other skills. So Joe Kovacs has a beer named after him called Mighty Joe. Yeah, big boy. Yeah, and but the um, it's only ten percent by alcohol. It's not too strong. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had I had three of them oh, in one man. sitting. I was so excited. He actually was just DMing me yeah. uh, last week because I was doing workout and the I was moving a fence. And uh, Joe, I took a picture, like, doing that fence work uh, with my mighty Joe. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, that's awesome. Like, dude, you have, I have to get you to sign this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that place that made that brew, yeah. th- I was there the one time with, like, my wife. And one of the owners, because there's multiple of them, comes up. And he walks by me and turns around and looks at me. He goes, I know you. I go, how do you know me? Like, yeah. I didn't know he was. I didn't know who he was. He's like, I've seen you on uh, Garage Strength, like Instagram. I was like, all right. I was like, <laughs> I just started laughing. I was just like, that's hilarious. Like here I am. I'm just sitting here, like trying to like enjoy it a and little you're, bit. You're, in, you're IG famous, and you don't even go on IG. I, I do, but I don't. You don't see the thing. Like, I draw. Like I'm yeah. weird. <laughs> so I think to close this up. Yeah. For our first Masters of Sport pilot podcast. Yeah. The biggest factors. Joel Seedman is called the strength charlatan. I think give the guy a little bit of a chance. He's wacky. His shit's wacky. Dude, the biggest, I, I think, and, and I, I know this is a long closer. Shit comes out in the wash, right? Like, right, right. Like, dude, if he's a charlatan, he's not going to be around in five to ten years. Like that, I've seen it so often in so many different sports, in throwing, in wrestling, in track and field. These guys, if they're if they truly are a charlatan, they get taken care of by by just their ineffectiveness. Yeah. If he's good, he'll still be around in five to ten years, and and, and that's just something that everybody's got to deal with. It, instead of just jumping to conclusions, does he do wacky shit? Yeah. Does he, he does he he might lie to people, but that's also what's going to come out in the wash is that if he's lying to people about his methods and and it's not actually his real methods. Yeah. Then it's going to come out. And We're going to figure it out. A weird aside too is like. If he's dealing with football players, as much as you say, like that's an incredibly violent sport on the body. Yeah. So maybe that those movements it's just fu- makes it, sense. It's easier for them to yeah, do, like, and it's 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 not going to beat them up yeah. as much. So that's where and, it's like I, I I do think that that's what people have to just be aware of. And I, I I'm not saying I agree with how he trains. I'm just saying right, like, right. give him the chance. Now with the anterior sequence, it's like you always say, think about it critically instead of just. Instead of just dumping, dumping on, on it. Yeah. Like, Even though I tend to do that too. Yeah. But you can be talked into like thinking about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, a little and bit reflecting. more. I, I think 
looking at, at the anterior sequence the same way that we look at the posterior chain, I think will be will create a more global right, right. analysis. As strength coaches, we've got to establish uh, absolute strength patterns and numbers um, for like that point of diminishing returns a lot higher than we realize because it can improve the the sequential coordination that we're looking for between both sides. Um, and also, I mean, drink some of the big boy from yeah, from, yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from Joe Kovacs. Especially if he, if he, I don't know if he gets a kickback, but that would be cool. That'd be that would, I don't like, think he does, but it would be like, cool. So until next time, guys, we will talk further. How many pilots do you get? Do you get three pilots? Here? I don't know. I think there's usually three episodes for a pilot. So comment in the in the section and tell us where what you liked, what you want to see improved or if this was just a huge tragedy, (laughs) and how we can help you improve your sports performance. Peace.